talking about the American? Yeah. See USA. USA. Yeah. Mac. Mac. Yeah. Mountain West. Yeah. And the Sun Belt. Oh yeah. Group of five. Group of five live. 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 Episode one of Group of Five Live, part of the Landry Football Network. Thanks to Mastermind 2009 for laying down the theme song. My name's Chris Mykoski. Our plan is to do two shows each week. One on Monday, where we'll typically recap the weekend and look ahead to any midweek games. And then on Fridays, we'll have another episode with a full preview of the Saturday schedule. A little bit about me before we get into this week's action. I've been a sports broadcaster for about 20 years. Uh, a lot of that time has been spent as a sideline reporter, but this past season, I had the chance to move up to the booth. I was a color analyst for Sunbelt and Conference USA games on ESPN platforms and plan to do that again this fall. Haven't set the full schedule yet. Uh, I'll talk more about the games that I'll be doing as those become official and I'm allowed to spread the word. Also last season, I did get to move back down to the sidelines for a couple of bowl games, the national radio calls for the bowl day radio network. We had the First Responder Bowl in Dallas, Western Kentucky beating Western Michigan on a field goal as time expired. And then over in Fort Worth, the Armed Forces Bowl, where Tulane beat Southern Miss. Of course, this season, the group of five shrinks to the group of three. Thanks to the pandemic, the MAC was the first FBS league to postpone its season to the spring. They made that announcement back on August 8th. And then two days later, the Mountain West made that same decision. And they also hoped to play in the spring. The one exception being the Air Force Academy. They will still play their Commander-in-Chief Trophy games this fall against Army and Navy. So other than the Falcons, you won't hear much about those two leagues on this show for a while. We'll concern ourselves with the conferences and the programs that have made the decision to play this fall. The American, Conference USA, and the Sun Belt. Will we play out a full season? God only knows. After I record this on Monday morning, we could find out about a rash of COVID-19 positive tests on a team or several teams, and any number of games could be postponed or canceled, and then you worry about the snowball effect and the whole thing getting shut down. But as long as there is Group of Five football this fall, we will press on. It's week one. Two games are set for Thursday night. Let's roll. The 
first group of five game of the season has the UAB Blazers from Conference USA hosting FCS opponent Central Arkansas. That's 7 o'clock Central Thursday night on ESPN3. And if there's any college football program equipped to handle this unprecedented year, it's UAB. Steve Irvine is the color analyst on the UAB Blazers radio network. And Steve, what struck you about how Bill Clark and his staff have handled everything in this offseason? Well, I think the, the one thing that has to strike you a little bit is how smoothly they've done it. And, you know, like you said, like you just said, they have experience. Now they have experience with some crazy times, but it's just, it strikes me that, that you know, we're talking four weeks without one positive test. And, and I, I think that's, um, that's pretty amazing. I mean, it really is. And I, I just think, I, again, I just think that it's, it's been a smooth transition into this crazy world by that coaching staff and and part of it is because of experience and part of it is just because it's it's a pretty darn good staff yeah if you don't know the story the Blazers were completely shut down there was no UAB football for two years but the program was reborn in 2017 they made it to a bowl that year and by 2018 they were conference USA champions and Boca Raton Bowl champions. So just absolutely incredible, that story. But you, know, you guys have Central Arkansas this week, and they've already played a game. They, it wasn't perfect, but they did get a win against Austin P. And for 20 years, I've been hearing coaches say the biggest improvement a team makes is between game one and game two. So I imagine that has to be a concern with UCA already having played and UAB coming out fresh. Oh, it's, it's, it's very scary. I mean, it really is because you're right. I mean, that's when the improvement's made. And, and so, I, you know, I know there's some worry there. Uh, you know, I, I do think it's a little different. It's such a quick turnaround for, for Central Arkansas. I mean, when you play on a Saturday night, you know, late on a Saturday night, uh, you know, an hour later than you usually kick off, really, and then have to turn around and play Thursday night, that's, that's, a, tough, uh, that's a tough turnaround. Now, it does help a little bit that they don't have to go home. You know, they came here to Birmingham and, uh, you know, UAB's putting help, help them put them up and doing the testing for them. And, and uh, so that helps. I mean, that helps because you don't have to travel back and forth. You just came from Montgomery to Birmingham, which is, you know, an hour and a half. So, so that part helps a little bit. But, yeah, it, it is a worry that, they, that they've kind of seen themselves, um, you know, they've been tested. And, and UAB hadn't. But, but, I mean, it does help with UAB. It's such a veteran team. I mean, there's so many. There's going to be very few spots where guys are playing – that, that are inexperienced. So, I mean, I think that helps a lot. Let's move on to some of the student athletes that we'll be tracking on Thursday night. Jordan Smith, 6'7", 255, edge yeah. rusher. ESPN has him as the ninth best player at his position in all of college football, not just group of five. Elfin in the room is the big credit card scandal when he was at Florida. Pled no contest, right. the third degree felony fraud after leaving the Gators. But everyone loves a redemption story. So what have you seen and what have you heard from coaches about Jordan since he arrived at UAB? Well, he's done nothing but the right thing since he got here. I mean, I think he's done it. You know, he's handled it the right way. You know, I mean, we all make mistakes. I mean, you know, some of us make bigger mistakes than others, and some of us make them. I mean, if I got caught everything I was doing at, at that age, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'd hate to be talking about that right now. But he's done everything, what, you know, everything they've asked for him, been a great player on the field, done what they've asked, uh, asked of him off the field. And it's just been, uh, it's been a nice story. Austin Watkins is the only preseason all-conference player on the offensive side. 
He's on Bruce Feldman's top 50 freaks list. Yeah. But who's going to be throwing to him? Is it Tyler or Dylan? Tyler's the incumbent. Tyler Johnston. Dylan Hopkins was also really good last year after Tyler got hurt. Well, Tyler's the guy. I mean, there's no doubt. This is Tyler Johnson's team, and he'll be the starter. You know, Dylan got a chance last year when Tyler was banged up and, and, and did a great job. I mean, helped, helped lead him in the championship game. And, uh, but, you know, this is Tyler Johnson's team when he's healthy, and right now he's healthy. So he's going to be the guy, and, he's, you know, he, he throws an incredible deep ball. I mean, he's really, really – that's his strength. I mean, to throw in the deep ball. That and being, just being a competitor uh, has to do a little better on the intermediate and short routes and, you know, and – He's put a lot of work into it, so I, you know, I think he will. And uh, if he can uh, get the ball to those guys, to to Austin Watkins and Myron Mitchell, I mean, those are two NFL guys. So they'll be in NFL camps, you know, at some point, uh, you know, in the future. And and if he can get the ball to them, you know, big things can happen. I think they also have some other receivers, but those two guys are their go-to guys. What's the biggest question you'd like to see answered on Thursday on opening night? Uh, how they are up front offensively and defensively, especially offensively. I mean, they, they return everybody, but Lee four, who was their starting center, but the, 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 the guys behind him got a lot of time because Lee got hurt a little bit last year and, uh, you know, but, but they need to be better than they were last year. And, and I think they will be, it was a, it was a basically the year before they had, they had lost, um, or going into last year, they lost five guys who all had all, all conference. I mean, I'm sorry, four of the five were all conference players and, those, and they were gone. So Lee four was the only returner. So that was the first year together. Now it's not, I mean, now that, you know, they have a year experience, I think they're going to be good, but it's, I, I want to see it. I want to see it in action. And then up front defensively, uh, you know, they're loaded up front defensively, but they don't have Garrett Marino, who was such a, you know, he was a guy that made things go. And he was a guy that got the pressure up the middle on the, and, you know, on the pass rush that they kind of allowed the uh, the edge guys to have such a, you know, a, a, a big time on, on the edge there. So I think those two things, uh, you know, are the, probably the biggest question marks to me. Uh, at Legion Field, what's going to be the biggest difference? I know we're talking about kind of state to state on and school to school, really, on what the capacity is going to be allowed to be. When we tune in on Thursday night, what are they allowing for at Legion Field? What's the atmosphere going to be like? Well, it, it's going to be 50% capacity. And, and, you know, the fortunate thing for UAB, it, it's been unfortunate for a lot of years. This is probably the first time it's been fortunate, is Legion Field is so big that the UAB really doesn't fit into, you know, their, their, their crowds, it, it looks small because they're so big, you know, now they'll, they'll have to spread out, they'll have to spread out through the, through the stadium. Um, but they'll fit into it. They won't have to turn people away. Like some people, you know, some schools will, um, it'll be interesting. I don't know what the atmosphere, nobody knows what the atmosphere is going to be like. I think they'll get, uh, that whatever they're, you know, close to whatever the capacity of what, what, um, you know what they what they fit into i'm not sure what the exact number is mm. but uh it, it'll be you know i i look forward to seeing what the atmosphere is because we just don't know i mean we just don't know yeah i think what we saw last saturday with central arkansas and austin p they only allowed 2,000 fans into the stadium so it's just off the bench you're creating your own energy and it's really just team versus team you don't even have to worry about the crowd it seems Right. And I think, I think in this case, it'll be a little different than that. There'll be more than, you know, 2000. So I think there will be some, um, you know, there will be a little more noise and a little more, a little more atmosphere, but the difference is, you know, it's never full for a UAB game, obviously, mm -hmm. but, but the fans are usually together. You know, they're usually, uh, you know, there's, there's a, I don't know, a, a section of fans that are together. So sure. I think that they create some more noise, 
now they're going to be spread out. You know, they've always put a tarp in the end zones. Uh, now there's no tarp. So they're going to have to be people sitting in the end zones. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what the noise sounds like. Because I think for the last two or three years, Legion Field has been, you know, a noisy place on game day. And for a lot of years, it wasn't a noisy place on game day at, at Legion Field. But it has been. I mean, and they've brought an atmosphere. They had, you know, they hadn't lost there since, you know, since the return. And uh, so it'll be, I don't know, I, I, that's one of the things that I'm really looking forward to seeing just what it's like. Yeah, I think, I think we all are. Steve Irvine, color analyst on the UAB Blazers Radio Network. Blazers get started on Thursday with an FCS opponent, but it is no cupcake. Central Arkansas is really good. Looking forward to seeing this matchup, Steve, and appreciate your time today. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. The first game that involves two FBS teams is at 8 o'clock Central on Thursday. South Alabama from the Sun Belt at Southern Miss from Conference USA. The first meeting between these schools in football. J.D. Byers is the voice of the Jaguars. And before we get in to the Southern Miss game, let's talk about what you have going on campus. The $73 million facility opening up on September 12th. It was supposed to be against Grambling with the GSU Tiger Marching Band, part of the huge grand opening. Now it's Tulane, which is still a great regional matchup, but only 25% capacity allowed in the stands. So it's, it's got to be a little bittersweet to finally get this stadium up and running, and it won't be the full blowout grand opening that you hoped it would be. Yeah, it's, it's, it's modern. It's beautiful. Uh, you know, the four-story building in the end zone now contains my office on the fourth floor um, and just all the amenities, a great club, suites. And we really wanted that first game to be shoulder-to-shoulder packed, uh, standing room maybe in areas. Uh, the, the the bright side to it is it, it looks like we're going to have a game uh, when it was all in flux in the summer. Uh, and also, I guess that we, you know, you know, Grambling couldn't play. It's unfortunate for them, but we did get Tulane uh, able to sign and come, and that's good for for a lot of reasons. Uh, and first for Tulane, uh, a road game, but it's one that, like us, this Thursday at Southern Miss, there will not be an early departure the day before the game. There will not be a hotel stay. There won't be a strange meal prepared by somebody you've not eaten food from in a while. And it'll just be over and back for us this Thursday and Tulane coming here the next week. Yeah, really good opponent. I had them in the Armed Forces Bowl last year where they beat Southern Miss, and Willie Fritz has a lot of good things going there in New Orleans. But for your head coach, Steve Campbell, he and I go back a long time from when he was at Central Arkansas, and you know, he told me that what made this job attractive in the first place was that corridor of players going down the highway, east and west, so many great student-athletes available to come to, to USA. What have you seen from him and his staff and how they've tried to build the program up since he arrived? Well, they, they do take advantage of that very fertile local uh, uh, recruiting grounds, and that's kind of Fort Walton, Pensacola, through Mobile, all the way to Biloxi Gulfport and a great, uh, you know, area of junior colleges. Uh, and of course he has very close contacts with junior college coaches uh, because of his time there. Uh, there's not a, 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 an overwhelming number of division one transfers. He likes high school kids, uh, the JUCO ranks as well. And, you know, I think 
we, we had a conversation a short time ago, uh, literally minutes ago, where I, I said, you know, coach, I've been around you since you've been here and I've seen your program, but there's something different about this third year that these guys seem really, really close. They seem tight, their unity, their bond. They, they seem to play for each other like it's family. And in a time right now where we're seeing all the, you know, the racial unrest uh, and, and, you know, a football team is very unique. You don't see color because what you're laying on the line every day at practice and in games and the adversity and, and the, the, the building of character, you become so tight that brotherhood becomes established. It lasts a lifetime as a former player. I can kind of speak to that, but this team seems really unique, it, but it, it is as their leader is because Steve Campbell and his coaching staff, that's the intangibles that they're looking for. And it looks like what they're getting. Coming off a two and 10 season and you start again with Southern Miss on Thursday night. And one of the brightest spots of last year was Trey Minton. Uh, you can't replace an All-American one for one. So what are the Jaguars going to do to try to make up for his production? Well, you know, in a lot of what you, you lose in mentor was his special teams. Uh, he had a great knack for openings and spatial awareness as a running back, yes, and, and rushed for a lot of yards uh, and became South Alabama's first thousand yard man in its brief history. He was really good at, you know, returning kicks. Uh, but Carlos Davis was really strong late in the year. Jared Wilson returns. Carlos is a guy that's, you know, he's seen the live ammunition coming at him. Uh, he came from a really, really good high school program up in Muscle Shoals, Alabama. So uh, he's going to anchor those uh, team of running backs. Uh, there, there'll be six make the trip on Thursday. One interesting guy that's also going to step up in that gap in the backfield for the Jags is a guy named A.J. Phillips. He was a linebacker, and that was because when Mentor and others were here, they were just overstocked in that stable, and he would not see much playing time. He's moved back to offense, and now we've had a wide receiver move to defense to play corner uh, in Davin Flanord. So guys are, seem to be settling in to maybe where they're the most equitable and can uh, yield the highest dividend for this team. And but, but I would see Carlos Davis as the heir apparent. At quarterback, uh, Desmond Trotter started the last four games, uh, led the team in TD passes. But the transfer, uh, is it Lovertich, Chance Lovertich, uh, providing some good competition? Has Coach Campbell let you know his plans there at uh, under center? Yeah, you, and you got the pronunciation right. It is Lovertich. I saw that initially. I thought maybe Lovertich. But uh, – <laughs> And he, he is a proven winner, Chris. Uh, this guy from high school to junior college may have two losses total on his resume. Uh, and he's a fierce competitor. He is not the tallest guy. He's 5'11 with cleats on. Very fast trigger, uh, but it will be Desmond Trotter. Uh, he led the team to that uh, season finale win, despite being a huge underdog to Arkansas State. Jags got to round out the year with a W. And, uh, you know, if, if you were looking at a stock and, and you want one that's on the uptick, Trotter was really turning this team uh, into good momentum positively. Uh, the team, I believe, reacted to him well from the huddle perspective. Uh, they liked him being the guy. He's tall. Uh, and when you look at the fact that you miss a spring and you need someone who understands the system, has executed the system, and has the reps and the knowledge and the grasp, uh, Trotter just has stood out and you know his confidence level is higher than ever uh, 
and, and they've put him in some very unique, tough situations in scrimmages and in practice. And I've kind of looked for those. And I've tried to watch those from a side perspective as I would for a broadcast. But I've also tried to change my view into the end zone so I can see movement and what they're trying to do to mix him up, bring exotic blitzes, blitzes and Desmond Trotters perform very well. Yeah, that's one thing I've al- I'm always jealous about with the uh, the hometown radio crews, as opposed to when I go into games and just see them kind of in a one-off fashion. You get to study those practices every single day and see how guys are improving and see the different movements in, in a workout. And uh, you guys always have such great knowledge of your teams. Uh, let's flip over to the defensive side. Riley Cole is the bell cow, uh, senior bell watch list, preseason all Sun Belt selection. What else do we need to know about uh, that side of the ball? Well, I, I, I'm looking for a breakout year from a guy who's been in the program a while, Chris Henderson, uh, outside pass rush. There was a there was a D- Division One transfer in Christian Bell who started at Alabama, went to Wisconsin. Uh, they looked for him to be a big third down guy. You're going to see more height than the secondary overall speed. You'll see them run in phase better, I think, with wide receivers. Uh, so looking for improvement in coverage. Uh, you know, defensive line, those guys are big and physical. They're not just, you know, 300, 280, 310. Uh, they're very quick. Uh, they're very agile. But I think the guy that I'm really expecting is a guy named Jamie Sheriff, and he came out of the JUCO ranks, Mississippi Gulf Coast. Jamie Sheriff wears 6'2", 270, almost like a bodybuilder. Uh, you know, he's he's not hanging over fat anywhere. This guy is built. He's fast. He is hard to handle. I've seen him go up against every offensive lineman. They'll do a drill where there's five offensive linemen. He'll start against the tackle, two reps, the guard, two reps. He'll rush the middle and work his way down. Nobody's been able to handle the guy. He, he's pretty tough. Well, we'll keep an eye out for him then on Thursday. Um... I know in your conversations with Coach Campbell, just judging on all of my previous talks with head coaches, there's usually, when you're talking about concerns about an opponent, there's, all right, off the record, I'm worried about this, this, and this, but here's what you can say on the air. So on the record, what coach, what is Coach Campbell most concerned about with uh, Southern Miss? So if I repeat it, that means I've told something he didn't want me to tell, right? No, no, no. The on-the-record stuff. What is he? Oh, okay. What is he? What is he okay with you talking about? <laughs> it, well, it is probably what I would have brought up anyway. Is you know, here's a team that has three uh, all-conference USA selections, including a quarterback who had just gaudy video game numbers last year. Uh, he has a veteran offensive line returning in front of him. They have big, bruising running backs. Uh, so, you know, I think skilled guys offensively, you got to contain. And if you're a defense, you've got to get off the field on third down. And he knows that's a key. Uh, their secondary, just from what I've seen, observed, and read, is uh, looks like I'm not going to call them young because some of them are transfers or JUCO. So they're not, you know, inexperienced, but they haven't played together. Uh, so that may be an area. Uh, I am very familiar, friends, uh, former co-workers with the defensive coordinator at Southern Miss, Tony Pecoraro. I kind of know what to expect from him and uh, his philosophies. He's a tough coach, but he's a player's coach. So, uh, you know, if you go back over the program's history, there's been a lot of defensive coordinators. But one theme that seems to have been constant with Southern Miss and kind of their heritage has been they want to be very good on defense. I expect the same Thursday night. 
J.D. Byers, voice of the Jaguars. Appreciate your time. Looking forward to getting this thing kicked off. Thank you. I, I can't wait. I, you know, we, we've sat here all spring and summer wondering if we'd even have a season. Let's kick this thing off. Again, just two games Thursday, Central Arkansas at UAB, 7 o'clock Central on ESPN3, then South Alabama at Southern Miss, 8 Central on CBS Sports Network. Saturday, it'll also be pretty light, six FBS games scheduled, all of them involving group of five teams. We'll drop episode two on Friday to preview those. Easiest way to reach me is on Twitter. The handle is my last name, Mike Hosky, and it's difficult to spell, so you might have to hit that 15-second rewind a couple of times. M-Y-C-O-S-K-I-E. Simple as that. I was just the first member of my family to claim it, so I have it. Uh, send me your thoughts or suggestions about future episodes. Again, we're going to drop these every Monday and Friday. Subscribe to Landry's Football Conference Call wherever you listen to podcasts, and you'll get it as soon as it is released. Also, bookmark LandryFootball.com. Group of Five Live is part of the Landry Football Network.